I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Henk van Huller, who is the new Chief Executive Officer of the Open Banking Implementation Entity, OB. I suppose the question I want to start with is what's next? Yes. So what's next for open banking in general? There's been a lot of work being done through, um, with the uh, Strategic Working Group, which is a uh, group working on several topics and where we might go with open banking. There is a report being drafted by that group as we speak. They're at the end of that work and they are presenting that back to what is called JROC, uh, the Joint Regulatory Oversight Committee. Um, this is the, these are the four regulators co-chaired by the FCA and the PSR, and they will receive that information and they will make recommendations uh, by the end of uh, January. And that will uh, reveal, if you want, what is next for open banking. And hopefully they will also look at a roadmap and how things might go forward as well. So next to the what, also the how question uh, might be looked into there. And what about the organisation you've just become the chief executive of? What's the future for that? So first of all, I'd, I'd say so. In, I've been here 10 months and we achieved quite a lot. I think I'm to be sure, um, to be certain to share with you that the uh, open banking is, is today a very trusted environment and uh, is now used by over six and a half million people and consumers also 600,000 uh, small and medium sized businesses. Um, so I'm very uh, proud of what we have been done doing in the last 10 months. Um, but also about my team and to reach literally those milestones in regards to usage, but also payments. So we've done a lot of open banking payments, about 7 million uh, at the end of November, uh, which is a quite a steep increase as well. In terms of the organization, we are looking at um, indeed what uh, the future roadmap might look like, but also we are uh, continuing our main mandate, and that mandate is, of course, uh, our ongoing obligations we have uh, regarding um, the order. So the remedies we have in place uh, are put in place by the CMA. So we need to continue monitoring the nine banks, but also we need to ensure that we remain relevant and that the standards remain uh, up to date to ensure that we get the right benefits for both consumers and uh, small businesses. There's a couple of things I, I want to explore with you. First yep. of all, everything that's happened so far in open banking in the UK, and I guess elsewhere around the world, has very much been top down. You gave us a review of some of the things that are still going on or that are happening now or that are going to happen in the future. It's all still top down. It's coming from the regulator. It's coming from the advisory bodies. It's coming from people like you. Does it surprise you that perhaps that banks have not embraced and run with open banking perhaps in a way that they could have done and forced the pace themselves. It is indeed a good example of how regulation has actually enabled a lot of this. The, the banks themselves are actually using open banking also not only for external reasons, they are also using it for internal use cases, internal purposes as well, and because for them it's uh, helpful also to get more information about customers with regards to credit worthiness uh, and, and so on. So we are seeing continued collaboration in the industry amongst partners more and more rather than just top down. So you think the good word is spreading after all then? So the good word is indeed uh, spreading. You see more and more 
you know, people being connected in the ecosystem and they are persuading, if you want, more and more other parties and users as well to start adopting uh, open banking. And if you look at what might come next, this will be very helpful because we would look at, you know, open finance could be the next evolution in open banking. Um, we could also look at, uh, you know, on, uh, widening it up to a broader array of financial services and products. We also could look at, you know, smart data as, as further discussed as well, expansions in, in the mortgage market, uh, why not even energy and so on, because that's quite high on the list right now for everybody in terms of cost of living, uh, whether or not there is an opportunity there for open banking to widen up there too. So this might be more coming from different areas than just regulators. Well, there is a sense that some people, certainly within the industry that I've spoken to, see open banking, then open finance, and possibly even an end goal of decentralized finance, DeFi, as inevitable. The only disagreement between these various people who've said this to me <laughs> is how fast it happens. Yes, I, I think uh, that's a very good observation. I think everything is about speed and as well. However, you know, you have to just ensure that your foundations are right to build, you know, of your house before you build the next uh, floor on top of it. Because, you know, before you widen out towards uh, different areas, you need to ensure that your standards remain uh, adopted as well. It's a little bit like electronic vehicles. You can't have six, seven different standards and plugs and so on. You need to maintain a certain standardization within your grid or network to enable even further customer propositions to prevail. I put a, a, a different example to you. We, I'm not being critical when I say that the development's been top down. It's an observation and it has been top down, but it's been fostered, engendered, supported, helped by the regulatory environment in a way that what's happened in cryptocurrencies hasn't been because there hasn't been regulation in that area. If you look at very different models, and, and if I may say so, we, we proud in the United Kingdom to have uh, an our leading, you know, in the world, there's about 80 nations who are looking at our model uh, right now in terms of implementing open banking. There's a lot of lessons learned there in terms of centralization and decentralization, in terms of regulation or market driven propositions. And in a lot of cases, you'll see a balance more and more. Yes, you were right, it's top down, but gradually getting the regulation in balance with the market forces is the way to go. And actually technology is also, uh, you, you mentioned DeFi and so on. So technology is also um, helping us towards that that interconnected ecosystem uh, being well balanced. Some 6 million or so consumers already using open banking. Do they actually know they're using open banking or is open banking just a phrase that we bandy around in the industry? I'm not too fussed about whether they know it's open banking or not. It's not like I'm there to to make to brand everything open banking at all. We're here to enable end users and to make sure they take control over their finances. They are empowered. Um, and also we're here, of course, to make the ecosystem work between supply and demand, if, if you want, of uh, sharing data. And I think that's a more important one. It's, um, you know, whether you pay on certain networks or platforms or not, that's probably not relevant as long as it works and it's fast and not too expensive. I think that's probably more important than having a branded open banking anywhere. For me, it's it's the engine which counts. And um, if the engines can fuel different markets, that that's fine too. From the consumer's perspective, it's all about the quality of service 
and the nature of the service and the opportunities that are presented to me than the label. Having the choice, however, you know, that's so whether we sometimes we call pay by bank or other other propositions uh, or pay by app and, and et cetera. Uh, we're also behind, uh, you know, confirmation of payment and things like that. But we do not mark this and label this as open banking. We want this payment to be secure, safe, fraudless and fast. So I think and that's where we are enabling rather than labelling. <laughs> is it not the case, and this is something that's been put to me by many people, that banking is changing now more quickly, more comprehensively than it has done in, according to at least one person, hundreds of years? Yes. If you think about 2017, before the open banking story started, um, I think many people would have thought and many industry leaders uh, in financial services industry that this never would take off. Data sharing of financial information in secure ways uh, with the consent of end users. That's a dramatic shift in the model. Normally, it would have been the bank giving consent to use financial information. Now is we, we are um, with also the 90-day authentication and consent. It now let, lays within, you know, re-authentication with our fintechs and our TPPs and our end users in the end, rather than the banks and all the financial services industry. And that's a massive shift and just in five years. So you're right in saying, look what happened in the last five years versus the last hundred. So we're literally at the beginning of that journey of opening up that data, democratizing that data to the global world. And it's actually to the fintech community and what we call participants or TPPs to just be so creative and innovate so that they can build brilliant propositions on top of that data. It's what you do with the data, the consented data, the shared consented data. I think that's the the big challenge going forward. And let's be honest, more and more banks are very interested in that as well. That's where we, you might see some consolidation. You might see people, uh, particularly banks, also going into that territory because they can now also <laughs> make interpretations of the data shared by their competitors. The one point I would underline to you and, and to everybody else is security. It all has to be done securely. But having said that and taking that as a given, we're on a journey. We're traveling fast. Do we actually know where we're going? I think we should be careful that we don't go too fast indeed. And that's why we are ensuring that our main mandate so far is that we keep on building on what we have already built, keep on updating and securing our standards and our APIs and so so forth, uh, hardening the APIs and so on. So there's a lot of ongoing technology activity going on to secure what we already built and to invest in our trust framework, of course, because you need that environment of trust. If not, you don't, you can't have any commercial business around this. The world is our oyster. Uh, there's a lot that we could do, but we, 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 we could actually flex already some of the muscles and some of the things we already have built as well. Um, I'm, for instance, I'm relate, uh, relating to VRPs, the variable recurrent payments. There's so many opportunities there and use cases for that uh, going forward. And it's now out there. So the sweeping um, proposition is already out there. And we haven't tapped into that potential yet either. So we shouldn't rush too fast into the new stuff, the new technology alone. We also should just uh, flex on what we already have built. Hank Van Huller. 
Chief Executive Officer of the Open Banking Implementation Entity, thank you very much.